Hello, friends. Welcome back. This is Uncle Marv. Welcome to my podcast. I am coming at you from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And tonight I have a guest that I hope, I think, is going to do a much better job of explaining things than I did. I have with me Valerie Trainum. Valerie, how are you? Hi, doing well. Thanks for having me here. Well, thanks for coming on. And I know that it is just about getting dark where you are. You are currently near Chicago, in Chicago? Near Chicago, in the western suburbs of Chicago. Okay. All right. I will be up in Rosemont later this year for a, a conference. Not a, uh, Well, it's a, it's a real conference, but it's a tech conference. Gotcha. Gotcha. Some good stuff there. You got to have some fun while you're working there, Marv. Yep. Got to do that. <laughs> got to do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, I asked Valerie to join me because, as many of you know, earlier this year, I had to take a little break from the podcast because we had some some news from up north. My mom had gotten diagnosed with multiple myeloma, and she was in the hospital for just over two weeks. And we didn't know exactly what was going on at the time. Actually, I think she was there a couple of days before she got the the full diagnosis. So, of course, we dropped everything and said we got to take care of family. So, since that time, I have been trying to describe what multiple myeloma is. And I have chopped up the answer so many times that I don't think I've gotten a correct full answer once. So I wanted to bring Valerie on to help us with that. Just so that you know, anybody that is wondering how mom is doing, she's doing fantastic. Uh, She actually had a doctor's meeting this morning and it looks like they are probably going to be changing some of her dosages. Uh, We don't know what that means yet for her treatments in terms of dialysis and chemo. But uh, the bottom line is, I'm checking my phone to make sure I get these notes right. Uh, She sees another doctor in two weeks. She'll have to have more blood work. And her numbers are actually coming closer to normal. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, Valerie, let's do this. Let's start by really talking about what multiple myeloma is, because I know that I've I've made comments about it being everything from blood cancer to bone cancer, blah, 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 and some other stuff. So why don't we start with with that? What exactly are we talking about? Yeah, so uh, multiple myeloma is a cancer of the plasma cells. It is a blood cancer. Uh, it is the second most uh, common cancer. Um, And it's a cancer of the plasma cells. Uh, The plasma cells or the B cells are the white blood cells that make antibodies. And that's what we use to fight off uh, foreign invaders, you know, viruses, bacteria, and things of that nature. So essentially, it's a cancer of of the white blood cells. That's what's affected, um, which makes it harder for you to fight off infections. Um, myeloma cells produce this uh, abnormal uh, immunoglobin, uh, which reduces the uh, body's ability to fight uh, infections. So P 
people with myeloma um, or people with suspected myeloma, they, they get frequent infections because their body just can't fight them, fight them all. So it's a huge impact on the immune system. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, I, in, in layman's term, you know, it affects the immune system. Um, it's a cancer of the immune system, essentially. Okay. And before we go on to some other stuff, let me ask in terms of your day job and what it is that you do, what is your relation to uh, all of this? Yeah, so I'm a uh, myeloma patient. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with uh, multiple myeloma. Um, it's not, it's, it's a cancer that you usually don't find unless something else happens, you know. Um, so with me, I had um, frequent nosebleeds. My nose would just start bleeding out of nowhere and then it would bleed for 30, 45 minutes. Um, and I just assumed it was something with, you know, at the time of the year, I'm like, oh, it's dry eye you know, the air is dry or something like that. Um, but that happened quite frequently. Um, and then I would just uh, have infections that just would be hard to cure. UTI that would last, you know, normally you take antibiotics and, and you're, you know, you're okay. Um, but just reoccurring ones. Um, and also I, I experienced uh, fatigue. Like I, I was just tired for no reason. You know, I wasn't doing anything that would make me that, uh, have that type of uh, fatigue. Um, but the last straw with me was I, I got the flu. I got a bout of the flu that just, I couldn't shake it. I, you know, I'd had it for a couple of weeks and I was not getting better at all. So that's what really um, kind of forced me to go and see my primary care uh, doctor uh, which, you know, she ran just simple blood test and it, she, it just picked up immediately that, you know, I had a, a very high in protein and, and, um, you know, I was sent to see an oncologist, uh, hematologist, oncologist from that point. Mm. So it sounds, um, a little different. So my mom, when she got diagnosed, it kind of came out of the blue because she was active. She was, you know, walking every day, going to the gym and when we saw her at Thanksgiving, all was well. December, she looked a little, a little lighter, shall we say? She had she had begun to lose some weight. There was real no, really no explanation. And then after the New Year, it was you know she went in for a checkup, and the doctor said you need to get to the hospital. She didn't listen. She said, well, let me call my primary, and she called them, and the next day. And he was like, you got to go now. And that's how she found out. So it wasn't, um, it wasn't, I guess, over a long period of time for her, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a few weeks. Um, is that, what are the normal progression of, of symptoms? Yeah. So it's a little different for everyone. Um, most people uh, will present or they'll find out, you know, that they have it through uh, a broken bone. You know, they, they may have like a, a leg, they may break their leg or they may break their uh, forearm um, or have rib pain or just excruciating back pain. Those are all, um, you know, symptoms of multiple myeloma. Um, but it, it is different for everyone. Uh, some people will present with those uh, bone issues. They'll have bone involvement. Um, and some people will, it will just be 
uh, caught in a checkup. Like if they go for a yearly physical and, and, you know, the doctor runs the CBC and, um, you know, you can see it like that. So it really just depends on the person. Um, with multiple myeloma, you have this thing called CRAB symptoms, uh, and it's the CRAB acronym, and it stands for um, elevated calcium, um, which means uh, the uh, myeloma attacks the bones, and the bones uh, break down, and that causes uh, high levels of calcium in the blood. Um, and then the R is for renal failure, um, kidney dysfunction. A lot of people present uh, with issues with their kidney. Um, and that's uh, because the myeloma cells have produced that abnormal uh, protein that gets excreted uh, through the kidneys, which causes that kidney damage, with, which uh, happens when some people uh, present. Um, and then uh, anemia, the A is for the anemia, um, which creates low blood counts. So that's where that fatigue comes from, that severe fatigue. And you're like, man, I just, I don't have the energy that I used to have. I don't feel, you know, I just feel sluggish all the time. Uh, and then um, the other is the, the B for bone lesions. Um, a lot of people will, um, you know, they present with uh, spinal compressions, you know, uh, issues with their bones in their back. Um, the frequent infections, the kidney problems, the bone disease, the fatigue, those are all things that, you know, you can experience with multiple myeloma and not one person has everything. And, you know, so it could vary what, what one person may experience may not be what the next person with multiple myeloma experiences. All right. Now you said that this is the actually second most diagnosed cancer. So we always hear about breast cancer and colon cancer and pancreatic cancer. And I'll be honest, I had never heard of this. Yes. I mean, how can that be if it's the second most diagnosed? Well, so it's the second most common blood cancer, not cancer overall. It's the second most common blood cancer. And uh, that's the problem that we have. There's no awareness about it. So, uh, you know, thank you for what you're doing. We're talking about it here today, but that very reason is why we need more awareness about it. Uh, in the black community, uh, African-Americans are two times more likely to develop uh, multiple myeloma than our white counterparts. Uh, we typically tend to be diagnosed at a younger age. Um, but when we receive, you know, the same treatment, early treatment, uh, we do, we have just as good outcomes as our counterparts, you know, so it's just a point of getting, um, you know, letting people know that this is out there, what to look for. You know, when you go to your doctor, if you're having chronic pain, that's an issue. You know, I, I talk to a lot of people that go to their doctor, they have chronic pain, the doctor just gives them uh, a pain pill, sometimes just sends them back home without running further tests to see what is the root cause of this pain. So it sounds like this is something that could be masked in a sense. Um, For instance, taking, you know, an Aleve on a regular basis, you can kind of cover up some of those symptoms in terms of the, you know, the pain and stuff. But the sluggishness, you know, especially as we get older, we just kind of be like, well, we're getting old. Yes. (laughs) So no big deal there. But uh, the anemia, I'm assuming, and the kidney failures would 
would definitely be a trigger. Now, are there ways that doctors can look for these things during regular checkups or do you have to be sent to an oncologist to kind of get yeah. diagnosed? Yeah, not, not necessarily. Um, you know, simple blood tests will catch a lot of the disease. You know, sometimes uh, there's disease that is outside of the bone. It's called extramedullary disease, which I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go into a, a lot of that. But um, most of the time, a simple blood test, a CBC, CMP, uh, can pick up on it right away. Okay. Now, you're not a doctor, but you are heavily involved in the community. <laughs> and I have to believe that most of that is simply because you, you were diagnosed and yeah. obviously, and I probably didn't ask you earlier, I know that in our previous uh, pre-chat, you know, how exactly are you doing now? It is, you know, some seven years later. Uh, yeah. Where are you yeah. in, in your treatment? Yeah, so so seven years ago was a very tough time for me, Mar, because I was a 42-year-old single woman living life, you know, um, not expecting to be told that I had cancer. So uh, my life has changed tremendously, uh, but I'm doing well now. Um, when I was diagnosed, uh, like I said, I went to my primary care. I had the flu. Um, I, I always joke with my friends about this because, you know, I, I was diagnosed with anemia in my early 20s. So when I started to feel sluggish, I'm like, ah, I probably just need to get my iron uh, prescription adjusted a little bit. Just need to up the dosage a little bit more. So when I went part of that visit to my primary care, you know, I explained, hey, this is what's going on. You know, I had this nosebleed, you know, it's happened quite frequently and I'm just feeling tired. I said, I really think it's my anemia. I think I just need to have a higher dose of iron. That's really what I was thinking. Were, were you were you taking a dosage regularly, like a slow mm-hmm. FE or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd been taking it for, for a number of years. Um, so the fatigue wasn't too surprising because I'm like, okay, it's just the anemia. Uh, but I, I was very surprised to find it was a little bit more than anemia. So I always joke with my friends. I'm like, man, I went in there, you know, for high dose iron and I came back with the cancer diagnosis. Go figure, you know, isn't that just... How, how things are. Um, but after I was uh, diagnosed, I, I was very scared. I was, I, I had that deer in the headlight looks like, what now? Had never heard of multiple myeloma, didn't know, didn't have a clue as to where to start. You know, I, I went home and I, I Googled like most people do. They Google. And I saw that there was a five-year prognosis and I was I was like, I'm not going to even live to see 50. How, you know, it's an incurable disease. What am I going to do? You know? Um, And at that time I had, I had moved, I had just moved uh, to the area. So I didn't have my family with me. I, it was just me. Um, And I was really scared at at that point. I was really scared. So I started looking for information that would guide me along this path because I, I felt like I had no control. I had lost all control um, thinking that I'm going to die. You know, I got this incurable cancer. I'm going to die, you know? Um, so I wanted to educate myself, you know, uh, for me, part of that was, I, I call that taking my power back, you know, um, 
it's something that I don't have control over, but I want to learn as much as I possibly, you know, could about the disease. So we could take away um, what power it had uh, stolen from me. I wanted that back. So that's, that sent me on my journey to, you know, um, doing research and, you know, finding uh, uh, valuable uh, information that would help me learn more about this disease. And I, I got hooked up with a support group in my area and that changed everything. You know, there were other people that were dealing with the disease that were doing very well. You know, um, when you look and you see that the prognosis did not look very good to meet other people, um, it just gave me so much hope. I started going to uh, uh, patient summits, you know, patient and family seminars um, that gave me the education that I needed. And it also gave me the opportunity to meet other myeloma patients uh, that had been 10-year, 15-year, 20-year survivors. And when I started associating with those people, I'm like, I'm going to live. It, it was just so inspiring to, to be associated with those people mm. and just to know that it was it's that kind of help, even though it's an incurable cancer People are living so much longer with it. So that set me on the road to finding out more and wanting to be able to help other people uh, along their journey. Um, I, I say I found my purpose in all of this. You know, my purpose is to help people along. I, I say I don't want anyone else to ever have that deer in the headlight looks like what? My, my my loma, what is that? I don't want anybody else to experience that ever. And if I can help them in any way, then, you know, I've done some good. I've served the purpose. Well, you have, and I can explain. I know that, you know, when I tell people that I reached out to you, the only reason I reached out to you was because my sister did what you did. She started Googling and trying to figure out, where to, you know, get more information and stuff. And she found your Facebook group that I'm going to put up here real quick okay. and the African-American multiple myeloma group and sent me an invitation. So I joined and this group, you know, if you're looking at a starting place, uh, shares a lot about living, you know, yeah. and thriving with myeloma. So how did this group get started? Do you know? Yeah, so this group was started uh, before I came on board with this. I've been uh, the moderator of this group for about a year and a half now. Uh, I was a member for uh, long before that. Um, and I came across it because I'm like, it's an African-American group. You know, these are people that can relate specifically to you know, I'm African-American. I need to know what's going on with African-Americans with multiple myeloma. So I came across the group about three, four years ago when I joined it. And, you know, like most people, when they join a group, they kind of sit back and look and see what's going on. Um, and once I really saw what the group was about, I started to get more involved uh, because it's like, hey, this is a good group. These are people that are, they're open, they're sharing, they're, you know, talking about what it's really like living with uh, multiple myeloma as an African-American person. Um, 
so about a year ago, I was approached, uh, you know, about uh, leading up the uh, African-American myeloma chapter with the Health Tree Foundation. Um, and uh, part of this was being uh, the moderator of the uh, group as well. And I just love it because it's, it gives me the opportunity to bring information to a group of people that otherwise may not be aware of it or may not know where to find uh, uh, valuable information like that. So uh, I say the Facebook group is just a place where you can just come to be free. You know, it's a place where I, one lady shared with me, she goes, Valerie, I think this group is a place where faith meets our sickness, you know, because you can come in and get exactly what you need from the group. So, yeah. All right. So you were approached to lead that, but I also read that you became a coach. Are you still a coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a myeloma coach. Uh-huh. And from, from what I understand, this is basically uh, volunteers, mm-hmm. um, patients and caregivers, uh, helping others to navigate with a compass, not a map. Yeah. And to help people find uh, myeloma resources and basically find their way through the care. Um, yeah. How's that been? It's been the best. It's one of the things that I love most. It's just that one-on-one. I get to talk to people. I get to meet them where they're at. You know, I get to answer their questions. Um, with the coach program, it's, it's given back. You know, I, it, it's given people what I didn't have when I was diagnosed. Like I said, when I was diagnosed, I went to Google to try and find out stuff. Um, and people should not have to do that. Um, I didn't have people that I could talk to. I had uh, friends that I could talk to. As I said, my family was, you know, not in the same uh, city that I was. So it, that was a little difficult. Um, but even the great bunch of friends that I have, they just they didn't get it. You know, they didn't have the disease. They didn't understand the disease and they listened to what I said, but they still just didn't get it. So when I found somebody that could coach me and talk to me and answer the questions, um, it just made a world of difference. You know, as a myeloma coach, it's, you know, they're, they're volunteers, they're patients and uh, caregivers, they're um, coach caregivers as well. Um, but it's somebody that you can talk to one-on-one. You can ask questions. You can just, you know, um, you can go to them for support that you couldn't otherwise get, you know. And this is in addition to your, you know, in addition to your family and your friends. This is just somebody that gets it a little better because they're there. They're, they're, they're going through or have been through the things that you are going through. So trying to have a little bit of delicacy here. So, you know, when my mom went into the hospital and, you know, she was there for over two weeks and, you know, there was a little, you know, a bit of scaredness <laughs> that came up yeah. there. Now your diagnosis, it sounds like you, you know, didn't have to have an extended hospital stay, but did you have to go through, you know, extensive treatment? Cause you know, my mom's going through dialysis three times a week. She's getting chemo once a week. And it, it takes a toll sometimes. Oh, it does. It does. Um, and that's where it entails that, you know, myeloma is a little different for everyone. When I was first diagnosed, I, um, 
I was scared. I, you know, had this whatever growing inside of me, this cancer growing inside of me. And I just, the doctor said, hey, you're going to take this and this and this, when you're going to take it and this is what it's supposed to do. And I was very fearful and I did that. Um, It wasn't until my aunt encouraged me. She goes, you need a second opinion. Don't, don't just, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't take what they're saying. She said, you're in an area where there are so many doctors and specialists. You got to take advantage of that. So I had started, I had been in treatment for about, it it had been about three weeks. And I got an appointment uh, for a second opinion uh, with a myeloma specialist. Um, And when I met with that specialist, I was in such bad shape. I, it, it just took everything for me to get to that doctor. Um, and when I did get to that doctor, I was admitted to the hospital. I stayed for about a week because I was in worse shape than I had imagined. Um, so after a week uh, stay in the hospital, they changed my the treatment uh, regimen that I was on. Um, and that's why I encourage uh, anyone to see a myeloma specialist. You know, I was diagnosed at a local, um, you know, hematologist, oncologist office. Um, But it is so important for uh, myeloma patients to see a specialist because a specialist, uh, they know a little bit more about myeloma. Myeloma specialists, they, you know, they do research. They are, a lot of them are at um, teaching uh, hospitals and things of that nature. So you're going to get better care when you see uh, a myeloma specialist. So when I went to see the myeloma specialist, they changed my treatment uh, regimen, um, and gave me some good information. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so I, I really say they got me on the right track. Uh, I, I spent a week in the hospital, you know, after that I got out, uh, I went back to work, like, I don't know, maybe four days later. Um, and I ended up getting pneumonia. So that took me out of work for another week. I was in the hospital for another week you know, with pneumonia, kind of scared again with everything that was going on. Um, So eventually I got better. I got out of the hospital. Um, I got uh, completed my induction therapy um, and I underwent a stem cell transplant, autologous stem cell transplant. It's where they use your own stem cells. Um, And, you know, I was in the hospital for about 12 days for that. Um, And everything went fine. I didn't have uh, too many complications with that. I think there's one major complication. I did get C. diff from that. Um, Not a pleasant uh, infection to have at all. Um, So so for people like me who had no idea what you just said, you said Mm -hmm. C. diff? C. diff. C. diff is a, uh, it's an infection of the, uh, large intestine. Okay. So yeah, in addition to being in the hospital, uh, having a stem cell transplant where I had to be a little secluded, I was even more secluded because that was very contagious. So uh, furthermore, just, you know, kind of sets you back a little bit because it's like, okay, now this. And so, yeah. Um, So those have been my uh, hospital stays. Um, My, uh, treatment regimen. Now I'm on a maintenance uh, therapy. I do maintenance. um, I take a pill every day um, indefinitely. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, 
I, I will share in between there, you know, uh, a lot has happened as well. As I was getting my myeloma under control, I did the transplant in the beginning part of 2016. Uh, and after that, I did what's called consolidation therapy. Um, it's it's uh, you just extend the treatment that you were on prior to the uh, stem cell transplant. So I did another year of that. Uh, I finished that up uh, in 2000, the beginning part of 2018, um, and was getting back to my new normal. You know, now I don't say normal because, you know, once you're diagnosed with cancer, there is no normal. You have a new normal. So as I was getting back to my new normal, trying to get back into work and, and things of that nature, um, I received a breast cancer diagnosis. So that was another scary situation um, that I did not expect at all. So um, I've been on that journey for the past couple of years to try and get back to some kind of normalcy on that as well. So, so apparently your mission is to be the cancer conqueror. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. So we're going to uh, share a lot of these resources. Now, when you went and got your second opinion, were you already up there near the Chicago area? Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So that's where you got your, yeah. your, your yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I got my second opinion up there. I, I actually was seeing a doctor um, out at the Medical College of Wisconsin. That's where my specialist was. Um, so it was... Uh, it was a little bit of a travel, but I think that's, I, I got the best care that I possibly could. And I, I'm okay with that. I do realize that I was very uh, fortunate to be able to travel to that facility to have the transplant. Not everybody gets to, you know, gets to do that. Not everybody can see a specialist uh, like that. So I do realize that it was, a, you know, it was a blessing to be able to do that. So your journey seems to have gone very well for you. And I know that you mentioned on the outset that, you know, there's usually a five-year, you know, prognosis in terms of how things progress, but you've done well. Everybody that I've seen in the group has done well. Mm -hmm. Is there a kind of a standardized treatment now that, you know, the doctors are kind of seeing as this is the most successful way to battle this and to, you know, extend you know, that prognosis out even further? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good question, Marv. And again, um, it's going to vary because everybody's myeloma is different. Okay. You know, we, we have the disease, but it's such a heterogeneous disease that it's, you know, the myeloma that this person has, nothing like the person standing beside him. So um, in that sense, it is very different uh, when it comes to prognosis. You know, you have standard risk disease and then you have those that are high risk disease. Um, And it's different. It's a different prognosis. It's a different treatment. Um, You know, the average uh, standard of care right now, uh, there's so many novel uh, agents available. Some people take uh, uh, two drugs. Some people take uh, triplet uh, therapy. Some people are even on a quad therapy, meaning they take four drugs now. Um, it just depends on your disease and everybody's disease is so different. Um, when I first started out, I, I started on a, a, a triplet regimen. I was taking three drugs uh, and I continued that um, 
you know, throughout the transplant process. And then, like I said, I did consolidation therapy. I had a uh, triplet regimen as well. Uh, and now I'm just on a single agent litter. Okay. Have you noticed any differences pre-COVID, during COVID, after COVID with how we're dealing with this? Because luckily enough, when my mom got diagnosed, we were able to, you know, go and be a, be with her in the hospital. And, you know, she was still high risk, but it wasn't that COVID risk associated mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there has been a lot of uh, things to change, you know, with with the onset of COVID and um, particularly for myeloma patients, because, you know, COVID is a virus. And, you know, as a myeloma patient, our immune system is compromised. So we are overly except, you know, um, we can get these viruses, we can pick them up a little easier uh, than, say, the next person. So, um, I think, um, you know, a lot of uh, myeloma patients are more very or more cautious. Uh, I think uh, a lot of patients uh, went to doing uh, telehealth appointments to where they could do video calls with their doctors. Um, and I think that helped out a lot of people. Um, I really think COVID changed a lot for myeloma patients because, you know, as a myeloma patient, I will say that, you know, I had always been cautious and, you know, taking those extra precautions uh, that everyone was kind of thrust into doing, you know, washing your hands and wearing the mask and just being uh, cautious of where you went and who you were around and stuff like that. Um, I think that, you know, the COVID just threw everybody into that extra cautious mode, but particularly those with multiple myeloma because of the greater risk of infection. All right. So we have a lot of resource links that we want to give out, and I want to go ahead and get into those because you've got a couple of great events coming up. I do want to let the regular listeners know that there will not be a show next week. Um. We are getting ready to uh, go into what's called PodFest. And I actually have to do a shout out to Ronnie Justin of Satellite Beach, who got me hooked up with another podcaster who was also going to this event. So PodFest, for those of you that don't know, is basically a conference for podcasters like me. And for those that do not know, I also do a podcast for my day job in the tech industry. And I do this one here, and I will be adding a third one, uh, another one in the tech industry. So I have decided to hook up with a bunch of podcasters. So uh, next week, I will be heading up to Orlando to meet a whole bunch of other podcasters and see what they do and how they operate and get some new ideas and learn how to do this better. So I just wanted to let everybody know that. And this podcast will be split And this is going to be part of the Live Healthy, Be Happy series, where we're going to talk about everything from diet to disease, health and wealth, and everything that we got to do to make sure that we live happy, no matter what condition or state of mind we are in. So that is going to be happening uh, next week. So I will not be here uh, doing a show. Uh, 
let me see. In your list of announcements, there's actually something coming up this week, right? Yes. Yeah, so we um, it's on the twenty third. Uh, we have our African American chapter meeting, um, and this month we are going to be welcoming uh, Will White. Um, and this this uh, month's show is going to be about uh, diet. Changing our diet. How can changing our diet help us on this myeloma journey? Uh, but it's changing your diet while keeping your culture. Uh, and as African Americans, we know a lot of times, you know, we cook a certain way, and and we like how we cook. We like the flavor and how everything tastes. Uh, so Will is going to talk to us about uh, plant based eating. And Will is a prostate cancer and arena cell uh, carcinoma uh, survivor um, who also was facing early stage uh, multiple myeloma. And uh, he made some changes with the help of a myeloma specialist. So he's going to be, you know, talking to us about how uh, he switched to a plant-based diet and how things are going with him. He's going to provide us some, uh, you know, some of his favorite recipes uh, uh, that he has enjoyed kind of switching over, you know, same recipe, but just making it more healthy there. Um, and then in June, we, uh, we're, we're inviting back or we have back uh, Vanya Hudson. Uh, Vanya Hudson is a fitness uh, expert. She's also a uh, cancer survivor. Uh, and she's from the Healthy Aging Tree uh, Movement. Um, and we are doing a uh, Interactive session. Whenever Vanya comes, uh, we always do an interactive uh, exercise session. Um, so we're trying to get your uh, health and wellness uh, covered. Uh, and then in uh, August, August the 13th, we are having our first annual uh, 5K walk for African-American myeloma awareness. Um, so we hope you all will get involved with, with that and uh you know, it's it's about getting the awareness out there, you know, letting people know what multiple myeloma is. And if you do have some of those symptoms that I spoke about earlier, talk to your doctor about it. Um, you know, make sure that you're heard. I think that's the biggest thing is make sure that you're heard. And we, if you have unexplained pain, you know, don't don't just go home, you know, just be heard with that. Um, so yeah, those are a few things that we have coming up. I'm happy to share. Welcome you all to our Facebook group. You know, if you're dealing with multiple myeloma and you want to be uh, with others that can give you that uh, support and encouragement, education, uh, definitely uh, reach out. We happy happy to talk to you about that. All right. Now the chapter meeting that you're talking about, I know that uh, there's an online. Uh, option that they have here, but is this local to the Chicago area? No. So that is virtual. virtual. All of our meetings are virtual. Anybody can uh, join, uh, you know, with those chapters. Uh, and that's just one chapter. It's, uh, oh gosh, I think it's about 20 other chapters, you know, that's offered uh, with the foundation there. If you're newly diagnosed or, you know, you uh you have uh, smoldering uh, multiple myeloma. There's a chapter. There's a health and wellness chapter. Uh, there's different uh, um, regional chapters as well. Uh, there's a chapter in Florida. I know you're in Florida, uh, Mara. There's a uh, chapter that has just recently been started uh, in the Florida area. So, yeah. All right. We'll look for that. And mm-hmm. I want to go back and ask a question about changing mm-hmm. your diet while keeping your culture. Yes. So I know that 
so two weeks ago we were having a uh, a doctor's meeting and you know my mom got told that she's got to eat more protein uh but she was having trouble with the way foods tasted mm-hmm. so is there a part of this discussion that she can watch and maybe listen a little bit and find out okay you know if foods are tasting funny, here's your list of proteins that you can eat. Is that kind of what that's going to be about? Yes. Um, Will is going to be talking about some of those things that you can uh, do to enhance the flavor of your food uh, to make it taste better. The same, same, your same food, but just make it uh, prepared in a different way to, to give it a little bit more flavor there. Okay. Fantastic. All right. And I am going to have all of these links in the show notes. So you'll be able to catch the virtual meeting. And where's the 5K going to be taking place at? So it's virtual as well. It's virtual. Our first one. Uh-huh. We're doing uh, virtual. We're keeping it safe and we're giving uh, everybody, you know, I think when it's virtual, everybody from all over the country has the opportunity to participate in that. So, okay. yes. All right. And I know that we went over a lot of stuff here. Um, we will be taking questions from those of you that are watching live and in the chat. So if you have any questions that you want to ask Valerie, go ahead and put them there. We will get to them. And I think that is all that we have here. Uh, Valerie, so for people that want to reach out to you directly, how should they do it? Through the Facebook group, through your, you've got a Twitter, I see. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter uh, at uh, Myeloma Valerie. Uh, you can reach out the Facebook group. I'm on Facebook. We can connect there. Um, I just look forward to, to connecting with you and talking with you and learning more. I do a little bit on Instagram, not a whole bunch. I'm just, you know, kind of getting my feet wet with that. So okay. uh, it's uh, at so. Myeloma Valerie on, uh, on that platform as well. All right. New to the gram. What about TikTok? I haven't got that yet. <laughs> Maybe the viewers can give me some encouragement there, but I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a whole new thing. Uh, can't say much there. Uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, being here with us. Valerie, thank you for coming on. Uh, Valerie Trainum, And we probably didn't talk enough about Health Tree, did we? Hey. That means I can come back for another show. Come back and yeah, do that. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So the myeloma crowd over at uh, by Health Tree. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. Uh, thank you again, Valerie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching, be sure to uh, put those questions in the chat. We'll uh, try to answer some of those and uh, get you on your way. If you are listening, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing to the show. You can always head over to UncleMarv.com and check the show links for all of the things that we discussed today and for signing up for the Facebook group, the virtual uh, 5K run, the chapter meeting that's going on, especially the uh, changing your diet, diet while keeping your culture that is coming up as well. That's going to do it for this episode. I want to say uh, have a nice week. And do everything you can to live healthy and be happy. On behalf of my good friend Amy, I bid you good night, and we'll see you next time.